Well, in my house, in my family, I'm the one that cleans and vacuums the cars. I don't know if any of you here today have that job. Uh, it's, it's amazing what you can find sometimes. I uh, found some coins, found uh, an old CD. Uh, last time I cleaned and vacuumed the car, uh, there was a crayon melted into the upholstery. <laughs> that, yeah, that was, that was nice. Um, I have kids. And, uh, and no, no, I don't consider that uh, melted crayon art. Uh, I remember uh, years ago when I was a youth pastor, I was cleaning out the church van after an event. And uh, I, I came across a $5 bill. I got pretty excited. I mean, $5, that's, that is good money for a youth pastor. And uh, I picked up the $5 bill and, and I started looking at it. And there was just one problem wasn't a real $5 bill. It was a counterfeit $5 bill in our church van. And I'm, I'm looking at this and, and I'm realizing that, that the person that had this probably had no idea this was a counterfeit. That's how good it is. I actually, I don't know if you can see this, uh, I actually wrote counterfeit on this bill, I think if I would have taken it home and put it on the counter, somebody would have picked it up and, and maybe spent it somewhere. Counterfeit bill is the craziest thing. And the question I have for you today, as, uh, as we get started, is when it comes to your faith, can you tell the difference between a real Christian belief and a counterfeit? Christian belief. Would it all kind of look all the same to you? See, we live in a crazy time and in a crazy culture. And uh, we live in a time where there's never been more information. But it's also been a time where there's never been more misinformation than ever before. And we've seen this with the coronavirus. We've seen all the information that's coming out. And some of it's good. Some of it isn't. Some of it we don't know what to believe. And what's true in our culture is also true in our faith. We live in a day and we live in a culture where there's never been more Bible teaching. There's never been more people saying, this is what God's saying. This is what can change your life. Just like there's never been more um, truth about God or, or statements about God than ever before. Guys, not all of it's good and not all of it's true. I'm just wondering today if you came across a speaker, if you came across a message or a video or somebody posted it on social media, would you be able to tell a real Christian belief? From a counterfeit Christian belief. Sometimes it's hard to tell. I mean, this looks like a $5 bill. It looks just like a five. It, it feels like a $5 bill. But uh, how much is a counterfeit $5 bill worth? It's worth absolutely nothing, Right? And the only thing worth less than a counterfeit bill is a counterfeit belief. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. 
And guys, if it ain't the truth, it ain't setting you free. And there is a real danger today that we will buy into some truths that don't have the power to set us free. Over the last four months, we've been in a series here at Hope called Kingdom Living. We've actually been going verse by verse through Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. And uh, the, the body of the message is done. Last week, we started working our way through the exciting conclusion. And Jesus, last week, as he began the conclusion, he put a choice before every one of us. He said, there is a broad road that leads to destruction. And then he said, there is a narrow road that leads to life. And every one of us has a choice to make. And one of those choices today is Jesus. And it's the most important decision you can ever make in your life. And it's the question of, am I going to surrender my life to Jesus Christ? And for many of us today who've said yes... I've surrendered my life to Christ. I've chosen the narrow road. I'm on the path that leads to life. Jesus presents us with an immediate danger. And it is the danger of being sidetracked by a false prophet or a false Teacher, And right away, Jesus, that Jesus tells us that we need to look out for those on the path that might want to lead us away from the truth. So I want you to listen to what Jesus has to say. Do you have a faith that's matured to the point where you Have the ability to discern truth from error? Or are you vulnerable to being led astray to truths that don't have the power to set you free? Can you tell the difference between a real Christian belief and a counterfeit Christian belief? Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Jesus says, watch out for false prophets. They will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. It's a scary image. Then he says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs, figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear but bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, Jesus says, by your fruit, you'll recognize them. So as we look at this passage today, I really have just three questions. Number one, what's a prophet? What's a false prophet? Why are they so dangerous, and how would I recognize one if I came across one today? So guys, believe me, what we're talking about today is very real. There is a real 
danger. If there ever was a generation that needed to hear what Jesus said, it is our generation. And the greatest enemy of Christianity in our generation is not atheism. It's a counterfeit Christianity. So I'm asking today, do we know the difference between a real prophet and a false prophet? Between a real, true Christian belief and a counterfeit Christian belief? And how do you tell the difference? That seems like that's a pretty important skill to have because there are so many voices now coming our way. How do you spot Genuine Christianity from a counterfeit Christianity. Jesus is going to help us out with that today. It's a pretty important skill every one of us needs to have. So let's pray and, uh, and we'll get started with our message. Father, thank you for today. Um, thank you that we can gather online in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word, Jesus. Thank you for the ways not only that you encourage us, but you also warn us because of your love for us. And uh, so, God, we just come today and I ask that, um, that you would stir our hearts by your word. I pray that you would give us a passion for Christ, a passion for truth. Help us not to be deceived um, by a counterfeit Christianity. Um, help us today, Lord. Give us some of that, those skills. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I got uh, three, three questions, three points that we're going to be looking at. And... Um, as I was getting started with this, I'm going to look at Jesus warning us about false prophets. Uh, kind of the first question I had was, um, even just what's a prophet? I mean, it's very interesting. Like, Jesus kind of assumes we know. So I, I find myself asking, you know, he's warning us against false prophets. And I, I'm just kind of asking myself, okay, I, I get that, but what is even a prophet? And, uh, and so I want to look at that, um, just see what scripture has to say. You know, we can't, we, we can't read the Old Testament or the New Testament without bumping into prophets. They're all over the pages of Scripture. And, uh, and, and actually, in Scripture, you have men who are prophets, and you have women who are prophets. That's very interesting. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, men prophets and women prophets and then uh, Jesus, after he rises from the dead, you might remember, he sends the Holy Spirit. And there's that incredible moment. And in Acts 2, Peter gets up to preach and he, he points to the fulfillment of a prophecy in Joel. And he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. He says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Wow, what a powerful statement. Peter's saying, this is being fulfilled in our day, in our time. The Holy Spirit has come and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Wow, that's amazing. Um, later on in the New Testament, we see that prophecy is actually one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.1, it's, it's a great example. Um, Paul says, follow the way of love. And then he encourages us, he says, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Then he says, especially prophecy. Right? Desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. And so here's a gift 
that's been given to the church to both men and women. So what exactly is prophecy? It seems like it's something pretty important. And I just want to define this today because there's so much confusion around this issue. You know, most of us, we think prophecy, we think foretelling future events. And and most of my life, that's kind of what I thought. I thought a prophet, that's somebody who predicts the future. Oh, that's a prophet. They predict the future. But as I started studying this more, I found out that the word in the New Testament that's most frequently used for prophet is the Greek word prophetes. And it literally means one who speaks forth. And that's, that's, that's what a prophet is. A prophet is somebody who speaks forth. And that means that the primary job of a prophet is not to foretell the future, but to foretell the truth, to speak forth the word of God and to call people to the will of God. That's the job of a prophet. The prophet is the one who speaks forth. And Paul seems to be kind of dialed into this as you see him begin to define what a prophet does in 1 Corinthians 14. We looked at verse 1, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, he says, as he kind of defines prophecy, he says, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, their encouragement, and their comfort. That's a great definition of what a prophet does. A prophet speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comfort. So we kind of have these two things that a prophet might do. They, there's a foretelling, revealing the future, but even bigger than that is the forthtelling that strengthens, encourages, and comforts God's people. And guys, when I think about that, when I think about that definition, I mean, that's really a powerful ministry. Um, and, and that's happening all around us, right? In, in, in our faith, in this, in this world of Christianity, there are voices hitting us all the time. And whether we want to call it prophecy or not, or prophets or not, guys, there are, are, are people who are speaking forth the word of God in a powerful way. They're calling us forth to the will of God. And, and there is a calling for this. There is a ministry for this. I mean, even in our own generation, just think about some of the prophetic voices. I'm I'm thinking about the Francis Chans. Come on, what a prophetic voice. Or a Priscilla Shire. I mean, mean, these are people who are gifted in such a way that, that people are drawn to them and they want to hear what they have to say. And that is such a blessing for the church. Jesus gives us a warning here and he says, that is a blessing, but beware of false prophets. Beware of those who might lead you away from the truth. Just listen to what Jesus says. Again, we're we're here in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter seven, verse 15. Jesus says, watch out for false prophets. 
They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. So we need to be on the lookout. Jesus is warning us. If, there are, if there's true prophets, there's false prophets. There are going to be people who are speaking forth the word of God. And they're going to be leading people away from the truth of God's word. And so the danger on the narrow road is that we might somehow get sidetracked by a gifted leader who's presenting to us a counterfeit Christianity. Does that make sense? And so Jesus and all the New Testament writers, they warn us, beware of false prophets. Beware of that gifted teacher that's going to lead you away to a counterfeit Christianity. So what does Jesus say about these false prophets? He, he describes them um, with some powerful words. Uh, First of all, Jesus says they're genuinely deceptive. So false prophets, they are genuinely deceptive. Jesus says they come to you in sheep's clothing. What a powerful image. They come to you in sheep's clothing. They look like sheep. They say Christian kind of things. They're using verses from the Bible. Uh, Somebody who, uh, who comes from, from out west, from Colorado, uh, we have uh, a lot of Mormons out in Colorado and uh, just had so many Mormon friends over the years and talked about God. And uh, one of the things that has so struck me in my conversations with people who are Mormon is that we are using so many of the same words. Um, and we'll be talking about God and you'll hear words like Jesus and salvation, and heavenly father, all those kinds of things. And over the years, as I've, I've had those conversations, I've started to, I started to realize that um, we were using the same vocabulary, but we had a very different dictionary. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? We, we, had, we were using the same vocabulary, but we had a very different dictionary. That's how deceptive, guys, this can be. Um, you know, I, I think we act like, you know, the false teacher is going to show up and just announce themselves. Here I am. I'm the false teacher. And they're going to start to say things that are just crazy and just start to put out their outrageous lies. And it's just it's going to be so obvious to us. Jesus is saying, no, 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 it's it's actually not going to be like that because a false teacher is someone who's genuinely deceptive. I, I when I first found this counterfeit five like my first thought was like dude why why counterfeit a five like if you're printing money like print some hundreds you know like like or or, or, or while you're printing you know print a million dollar bill and take it you know you take it to walmart and just pay with a million dollar bill like okay nobody's gonna do that right Because it's outrageous. Nobody's going to believe that. Nobody's going to believe that you're paying with a million dollar bill. Guys, that's a wolf coming in wolf skin. And and it's like, no, no, no. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do something that nobody would notice. We're going to make fives. Because nobody's going to question that. That right there is a wolf 
coming in sheep's clothing. It's believable. We buy it. it. We're not looking for it. You guys, when the devil comes, he doesn't come as the devil. He comes as an angel of light. So we need to beware. We need to watch out. It's going to take some work on our part to not be deceived. Does that make sense? A false prophet, it's not going to be obvious. They are genuinely deceptive. Like a sheep that comes. Uh, like a, a wolf that comes in sheep's clothing. Number one, they're deceptive. Number two, um, Jesus tells us one other thing about these false prophets. He says they're dangerous. Watch out for false prophets. They're deceptive, but they're also dangerous. Um, and I think that's interesting. They're, they're not neutral. They're not harmless. Jesus says they come in sheep's clothing, but what? Inwardly, they are as ferocious as wolves. Man, that's a powerful image. Um, because there's really nothing more dangerous to a sheep than a wolf. And, and I just don't think... Now, we really understand the danger of false teaching until we've seen um, someone that we love get, get caught up in the deception or get caught up in the lies. Um, I have a family member, and, uh, and uh, when, when he was a, a teenager, um, just, just repelled um, in, in just an incredible way. And uh, you know, he, he went punk. So he had a, a mohawk, a, a bright red mohawk, ripped jeans, safety pins, black leather jacket, and, uh, and, and all that. I mean, just very angry, um, totally anti-God. And, um, you know, as I, as I would talk later, um, you know, he, I don't know all that happened, but he really did some things that Later, he began to regret. And um, to, to all of our shock, uh, he, he got married. And uh, he, be, he became a Catholic. So he went from a, a punk rocker to a Catholic. And it was this, this crazy conversion. But guys, what began to happen um, as he got into the Catholic faith, and he, he really got in deep, is that he had all this... This guilt from, from his past. And he actually began to use religion to inflict suffering on his life so that he could do penance for the sins of his past. It's, it's actually a Catholic idea. It's a Catholic idea called redemptive suffering. And it's this idea that human suffering offered up with the passion Christ can actually uh, remit the punishment for one's sins. And guys, I just want to tell you that's, that's a lie. That's not in the Bible. You know, among some other things that are in the, the Catholic faith that just aren't found in the Bible. Um, but here's, here's the danger of believing a lie. See, the danger of believing a lie is that eventually it becomes the truth to you. And guys, lies have consequences. And, uh, you know, over those years, I, I saw this family member um, suffering and punishing themselves 
for their sins. And no matter how much they punished themselves, um, they never felt free from the guilt of their past. Guys, bad ideas, you know, have consequences in our lives. And, um, and I just want to go back to what we talked about last week. You know, remember um, we said that religion says do, but Jesus says done. Um, that's what I was watching firsthand. I was watching somebody who had believed a false gospel, and, and that's what religion does. It teaches a false gospel. Religion says do. It says you sinned. You need to bear the punishment for your sins. You need to suffer for your sins. But Jesus says done. He says you don't have to suffer for your sins because I suffered for you. I took the punishment for you and I rose from the dead. And when you trust in me, you will be free. That is the good news of the gospel. That's the message of freedom. And the danger today of believing something is false is that it can actually have big consequences for your life. And it can actually begin to, a lie can actually begin to lead you away from the real God. It can lead you away from the real Jesus. A lie can lead you away from our real hope and from real transformation. So Jesus says, beware. Beware of false teachers. They're not neutral. They're not harmless. They come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious as wolves. And so if there is this deception, if there is this danger, it seems like a pretty important skill for us to be able to recognize false prophet. And it's it's not always easy. But what does Jesus say? He gives us a tip here. He says, you will recognize them. How? By their fruit. Wolves come in sheep's clothing, but you will recognize them by their fruit. In other words, the fruit doesn't lie. I love that. Listen to what Jesus says next. This is verse 16. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Eventually, the fruit is going to come out. Eventually, you're going to see them for who they are, and a bad tree is going to produce bad fruit. Jesus says a good tree can't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. Every tree that doesn't bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. That's where this false Teaching and false prophecy is leading. Jesus is someday going to throw it in the fire. But in the meantime, thus, Jesus says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And I don't know if you caught that. Jesus actually says it twice. By their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit, you will recognize them. The fruit doesn't lie. Uh, I have a great story to tell. Uh, We were having a family dinner and Angie's Mom brings out this hot, delicious apple pie. And I don't know about you, but I love pie. I grew up eating pie all the time. Apple pie, cherry pie. Moved here. I've been eating some shoe fly pie. Glory. Hallelujah. Um, I don't know any fans of pie out there. Um, but 
But uh, Angie's mom, she brings out this, this hot apple pie right after dinner. And she begins to cut me up a slice, uh, you know, right, right through the, the two buttery, crisp, you know, pastries enclosing uh, sweet tart apples and uh, covered in their cinnamon sugary goodness. Can I get an amen out there? And uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to bite into this delicious apple pie. I lift the fork to my mouth. I put it in and... Hmm. Wasn't expecting that. Something was off. So I tried it again. I, I you know, reached out. I got another bite. Put it in my mouth. And... Oh, okay. And uh, there was just something off. And, and of course... Uh, Angie's mom says, uh, well, don't you like my apple pie? And if I've learned one rule of life, it's when your mother-in-law asks you if you like their apple pie, the correct answer is yes, that's right. And so I said, yeah, I I like your apple pie. But then she dropped the bomb and she said, uh, she says the apples in the apple pie aren't apples, they're zucchinis. It wasn't an apple pie. It was a zucchini pie. And and I'm just in shock. I can't believe this has just happened to me. Because I would never eat a pie made out of zucchini. And she goes, doesn't it taste just like apple pie? And I'm thinking, it looks like an apple pie. It smells like an apple pie. But it is not an apple pie. And I don't care how much cinnamon you put on that, the fruit doesn't lie. And guys, that's what Jesus is teaching us about false prophets. He's he's saying a false prophet might look like an apple pie. They might smell like an apple pie. Um, But if you take a closer look, the fruit doesn't lie. Jesus used an illustration that um, would have been very familiar to his audience. He says, as grapes, he says, are grapes gathered from thorns? There was a certain thorn, the buckthorn, which had these little black berries. And uh, you might confuse those with with a small grape. And then he says, or are figs from thistles? And there was a certain thistle that when it flowered, it could at least from a distance look or might be taken as a fig. But I think Jesus is giving us a great principle here. And, uh, you know, we go, is it, is it apple pie or zucchini pie? Is it a, a fig or a thistle? And Jesus is just saying, if you're not sure, take a closer look. Look at the fruit. The fruit doesn't lie. And it's just such a, a, a powerful piece of wisdom for us. And, and, and as you hear these voices speaking truth about God, um, we want to step back and take a little bit closer look and just go, what is the fruit being produced um, over time of what they're saying and doing? What is the, the fruit of this teaching? What, because see, who they are is going to come out. And, and that's the power of this principle. The fruit doesn't lie. You know, later, John, um, in First John, will say, don't believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they're from God. um, Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I like what Jesus simply says. He just says, 
You'll know them by your fruit. So what kind of fruit should we look for? Um, as we're, we're um, taking things in, we're, we're testing what people are saying with the word of God. What kind of fruit do we want to look for? And I look for three important fruits. There might be more, but number one, I, the question is, do they preach Jesus? Are they preaching the Jesus of the Bible, the real Jesus, or are they preaching a counterfeit Jesus? Like you might see with Mormonism. Number two, are they faithful to God's word? Or are they preaching things that aren't in the Bible? Are they twisting scripture to make it say something that it isn't saying? Are they faithful to God's word? Are they preaching Jesus? And, and one that I think is so important, do they keep coming back to the gospel as the power of God for the transformation of our lives? Because that's what Jesus is trying to produce in our life. Christianity is a matter of the heart. It's a, it's a matter of Jesus producing new life in us. And that's the power of the gospel. Jesus is, is going to produce gospel transformation in our life. And that's what the Sermon on the Mount has been about. We come poor in spirit. We come desperate for God to transform our lives. We Blessed are those who mourn. We are mourning over our sin. We're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, which we find in Christ. We're coming to Scripture again and again. And Jesus says, "Um, it was said, but I say to you. And so Jesus is teaching us the Scriptures and we're learning from Him. And our lives are being transformed. We're learning to love and and the power of love that allows our light to shine in this world. And Jesus even shows us. Uh, the power of finding blessing in the midst of our suffering. And see, that's, that's what we're learning in Christ. And so we want to look. You know, are they preaching Jesus? Are they faithful to God's word? Or do they keep coming back to the gospel as what transforms our lives? And I just think it's so important just to see that, guys, a false prophet isn't just somebody that has a different interpretation of the Bible than you. There's a lot to unpack there, but but the real test of a false prophet in Scripture over and over again is do they speak accurately for God? And a true prophet is going to teach what Jesus taught. They're going to proclaim the good news that Jesus loved to proclaim. They're They're going to announce the transformation that's available in him. And they're not going to teach things that contradict Scripture. And they won't contradict the clear teaching of Scripture. That's what we're looking for. So there are so many voices. There are so many churches. There are so many preachers and videos and speakers and books and and all that. But how do you begin to discern truth from error? And I just want to say if you're not sure. Talk to a a more spiritually mature Christian. If you have questions, if something doesn't sound right, look at the fruit. Because the fruit doesn't lie. Do you see the real Jesus? Do you see the gospel? Do you see faithfulness to God's word? The fruit doesn't lie. So I want to close with this. I want to come back to the $5 bill. I don't think there would be many people, if they saw this, and picked it up, would know that it's a counterfeit $5 bill. It looks like a five. Um, 
feels like a five. So how, you know, how, Brian, how did you know this is, how do you know this is a counterfeit bill? Now, a lot of you know back in college, uh, I worked at a bank for a number of years. And uh, when you're a banker, you know, you, you handle money all the time. You spend hours counting money and going through money. I always used to say I was a, you know, I was a poor college student. I said, well, at least if I don't have money, at least I can handle somebody else's. Uh, but, you know, the way that you know that something's not true as you become so familiar with the real thing. And you come across something and, and it just, you just go, wow, there, there's something not right with this. And you take a closer look and that's what I did. And, and you realize the ink is a little bit blurry and you, know, you hold it up to the light and Lincoln's head is supposed to be a, right there in a watermark. It's not there. There's a, should be a, a sec, like a security um, strip here, a security thread, and it's not there. Guys, there's only one way to spot a lie, and it's to become so familiar with the truth. And uh, my prayer for you is that you will become so familiar with the truth of God's word that when a counterfeit shows up, you just spot it instantly. And that comes from time with God. It comes from knowing the gospel. It comes from being in God's word. And so I want to invite you and I want to challenge you to do that today um, so that you're not deceived by a false prophet. Um, such a powerful, powerful reminder today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks for those watching online. Thank you for truth. Thank you that truth brings freedom. And uh, Father, we want to live our lives in the truth. We want to become the people you've called us to be. So help us not to be led astray um, by deception. Help us not to be, um, to be sidetracked by a counterfeit Christianity. Um, God, I just pray that the Holy Spirit and the truth of your word um, would constantly keep us close to you. Um, and so we pray for that discernment. For each one of us individually, for our church, lead us, guide us, teach us the truth of who you are. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.